0: Welcome to USA. Hi. We are Hannah, Saida, Gachel, Gabe, and Ben. In this podcast, we will investigate, nay, interrogate, the lesser known, the peculiar, the unexpected sides of US history, and short episodes, a new one every day. Hello, and welcome to USA, and in this episode, I will be discussing the American Revolution, capitalists, and the phenomenal exploits of an aristocrat wannabe. Timothy Dexter was, by pretty much all metrics, not destined for success. He was born to a poor family of farm laborers under British colonial rule, and his family often struggled to get by. He managed to get an apprenticeship as a leather worker, and he started to make decent money due to an increase in demand for leather products. But as fate would have it, he happened to be a craftsman in Boston, of all places, in 1773, the year the Boston Tea Party happened. The British responded to the Boston Tea Party by cutting off Boston's ports, seriously threatening the leather trade. When this happened, Dexter decided to move to Charlestown, the biggest leather market in Boston. Shortly after moving there, he met a rich widow and married her soon after. However, he soon grew to dislike his situation, as Charlestown was also a hot spot of the American upper crust, and due to Dexter belonging to an unfashionable trade and the fact that he married into money, they were very reluctant to accept him despite his continuing success in his leather work. After the revolutionary war came his first stroke of incredible luck. To win some goodwill from the people, his rich aristocratic neighbors began buying the continental dollars from people as the value and confidence of the currency was practically nothing, and people were desperate to get anything they could for them. Either Dexter had inside information, or he desperately wanted to be accepted into the upper class, but whatever the case, he spent basically all his savings buying up Continentals at an approximate rate of a fraction of a penny to the dollar. Spending all his savings was a very ill-advised move, but when the Constitution was ratified, The new National Bank announced that they would buy back Continentals for 1% of what they were worth. Dexter sold his gargantuan number of bills, making a huge profit. Shortly after this, a neighbor who disliked him suggested he make the ill-advised decision of investing in many different European currencies as well, especially French francs. Yet, amazingly, the values of these currencies all went up too, making him even wealthier. Unfortunately for him, this mass of wealth only drew more ire from his neighbors than before, so he decided that Boston was not the place for him, and moved to Newburyport, Massachusetts. Upon arriving, he built a huge and stunning estate, complete with an incredible view of the seaside and a row of wooden statues of all the founding fathers he could think of. Then, embracing the aristocratic attitude he felt he was entitled to exhibit, he added a statue of himself to the list. Ultimately, it appears that these statues were in large part responsible for the unbelievable series of events that followed, for these statues made news all over town, and they attracted to his estate some investors, irked at his financial success, and determined to put him in his place. These investors convinced him to send mittens and bed-warming pans to the Dutch East Indies on the trade ships he had bought. If the investors thought that they had pulled a witty and costly joke on Dexter, though, They were to be very disappointed, as the mittens were bought up soon after they arrived by merchants that were about to embark on a trip to Siberia, giving Dexter a ludicrous profit. The warming pans took a little longer to sell, but when a planter realized that these warming pans could be used to skim molasses, they were bought up at an even greater profit than the mittens. The investors couldn't believe Dexter's luck, so they convinced Dexter of a scheme that could not possibly succeed spent all his money on a huge shipment of coal to Newcastle, an industrial city in England that had a reputation for being the coal capital of England, if not all of colonial Europe. It was here that Dexter had his greatest stroke of luck. When his ships got out to Newcastle, a massive miner's strike had taken effect, crippling the coal output of the whole country. Things looked dire for England when, lo and behold, someone had shipped coal to Newcastle. Having a captive coal market, Dexter made a financial killing, becoming roughly twice as wealthy in the process. It was after this bizarre and completely unpredictable turn of events that the investors left Dexter alone. It was also after this exploit that Dexter really seemed to challenge the idea that he was really a really, really lucky idiot. In several instances, he cornered the market in unusual commodities before exploiting apparent need for them. His most remarkable achievement in this regard was buying up all the whale bones in boston a material that was hugely useful being used for all sorts of things like corsets toys and typewriters however there was still one goal in his life that he had never achieved despite all his efforts being an accepted member of the upper class so once he was more or less done investing he wrote a memoir titled a pickle for the knowing ones despite the atrocious grammar and poor writing quality There was so much demand that it went through eight printings, and today is a valuable collector's item. Alas, Timothy Dexter may have not achieved the one goal he had his whole life, and he was never fully accepted in any society he lived in, but through his hard work, risk-taking, and success, he became practically the living embodiment of the American dream, and for that, we can all applaud him.